The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. Greetings, pet lovers. Happy Valentine's Day. We wish you and your pets much love and happiness, not only on the 14th of February, but every day of the week. But before I get started today, it's important that I introduce my fabulous co-host today. Mike Bober is the sidekick of the day. He's riding shotgun with me through the whole show. Mike is president of the Pet Advocacy Network. Mike, welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you. But before we get started, tell me about your D.C.-based organization. Sure. Well, we're the Pet Advocacy Network, and the great thing about that name is that it tells you who we are and what we do. Uh, We represent the responsible pet care community in Washington, and we help them to connect with lawmakers and regulators on everything from uh, food and product restrictions to efforts to make sure that people have the best opportunity to take care of their pet's health. Let's change the subject and talk about this week's big game. Uh, How do you prepare for the big game? Ooh, for us, uh, definitely going to be at home watching just as a family. It's uh, it's a little bit too high stakes for us to be uh, to be out with others. So we've uh, we brought in some of our favorite snack foods. I actually placed an order from a uh, Kansas City barbecue place that we really love that uh, I just got a notification was delivered today. So we're going to have some good hot barbecue for the game and uh, then sit back and, and get ready to kind of cheer our heads off. Me too. I'm going to cook. I just got some wings. I only like the flats. Mm. But you know, for me, the day is about the commercials. And I love, love last year, the farmer's dog commercials. Oh, yes. It's still running, believe it or not. I'm sure it was a great commercial. But I just found out that Anheuser-Busch in Bevy is actually bringing back the Clydesdales yes. with that iconic yellow Labrador. And he's all grown up in, in the spot. So I think that's going to oh, be that's gonna, That's going to be so cool. It is. And the music, of course, made me cry when I heard it, like right away. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're, then, they're good at that. And for cats, there's a Hellman's Mayonnaise commercial. Um, it's featuring a cat named Mayo. Um, the cat kind of looks like a Berman. You could see mm-hmm. the commercial up now. And mm-hmm. the owner is Kate McKinnon. So the whole idea of this commercial is to repurpose leftovers with Mayo. Oh, boy. So hopefully we see a lot more commercials involving animals. I think, you know, they're just kind of fun. They tug at our hearts. But um, the big mm-hmm. game is so important. So I think this is what I'm going to do. I want to turn this around. I think I want to give away one bag of Dr. Marty's pet food to a Pet Buzz listener who puts up the cutest picture of their pet, whether in a Kansas City Chiefs or San Francisco 49ers jersey or T-shirt. So the idea here is to show team spirit in your picture. So if you want to make it a whole pictorial with the dog, (laughs) with the football, please do. Uh, In order to participate, you got to like the Pet Buzz Facebook page and submit a picture of your pet showing off this team spirit. If you want to be in the picture, that's fine too, but it's all about the pet. So I'm going to pick the winner at the start of the Peppy Puppy Bowl on Sunday at 2 p.m. Okay. I love so I'm that. gonna do a live Facebook and 
I'm just going to announce the winner. So post those pictures. It's just on Facebook for that free bag of Dr. Marty's Nature's Blend Biological Balanced Nutrition. But we got to move on. Let me give you a rundown of this week's show. This week on the Pet Buzz, we're talking about a man who brought his dog to pick up his multi-million dollar lottery winnings in Massachusetts. What happened when an Amazon driver shot a dog on the canine's front porch? About maintaining healthy canine hearts with LSU's Dr. Henry Green. The Puppy Bowl's Dan Shackner's assistant referee. And did you know that February is Dog Training Education Month? Some dogs need doggy educations more than others. For example, we all know someone with a dog that barks incessantly. That's my neighbor around the corner whose dog barks from like 9 o'clock to 12 o'clock at night. Climbs on furniture, fights with other dogs, not necessarily always at the dog park. Right. And that dog really isn't as fun to be around as other dogs. You know, and also dog training can be expensive, time intensive and parallel to parenting when you aren't quite ready to become a parent. But our next guest is going to tell us why dog training isn't solely for for good behavior, but for more. Joining us today is Erica Marshall, a certified professional dog trainer through the Certification Council of Professional Dog Trainers, a certified dog behavior consultant through the International Association of Animal Behavior Consultants, and a premium professional member of the Association of Professional Dog Trainers. She's also a committed committee member of the Membership Task Force for the APDT. Currently, she's living in the Middle Tennessee area where she's the owner trainer for Wicked Good Dog Training. She's trained and titled her own dogs in rally, obedience, agility, and tricks. She currently has four wonderful dogs. Welcome to the Pop Buzz, Erica. So glad you can join us today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So beyond dog training for good dog behavior, why is training so important? Well, actually, it's it the basic basic tenets of it is to build the relationship between you and your dog. So on top of teaching your dog good manners, you are also building a good relationship. So if you've just adopted a dog, um, training is a way to build that relationship, build that um, feeling of trust between the two of you. You get to learn about your dog, your dog gets to learn about you, and it really helps build that bond. It also keeps your dog's brain working and Mm. activated, and it's a great cognitive exercise for us as well. So it's great to work with your dog for both of you. Yeah, the older I get, I need some extra cognitive (laughs) exercise. I don't know about you, Mike. Definitely good to keep the brain working for sure. Exactly, Mike, you had a question. Yeah, Erica, when adopting or purchasing a dog, how important is it to learn about the breed and its training aptitude? Uh, Well, first, I would say all dogs can learn. Um, Some just take a little bit more patience and maybe a little bit more outside the box um, thinking to train them. Um, But you can train a beagle to do agility. You can train, you know, lots of dogs to do lots of things. But it is important to understand, especially for the pet home, um, the breed tendencies. So Mm -hmm. how they would fit with your family. So, you know, things like herding tendencies, retrieving, um, even protection tendencies, um, scent tendencies are really important to understand so that you know that the dog you're bringing into your home is actually going to fit with your home. If you're a outdoorsy type of person, you don't necessarily want to um, go look for a bulldog if you're intending to (laughs) bring the dog with you and you go out and hike and do all these other things. So it's really important to understand the dog breed or breeds in the mix. I think that's a great question, Mike, because so many times people look at dogs 
in terms of trend and not mm -hmm. actuality of their lifestyle. And I think it's really important, not only from a training perspective, but also from a health perspective, because, you know, right now, from what I understand from a dear friend of mine, there's like tons of French bulldogs in mm. the shelter in L.A. because they end up having health problems, training problems. And, you know, back in the day, people used to say a French bulldog wasn't necessarily for a first time pet owner because That's right. they were really stubborn. But, you know, now everybody's got a Frenchie. I mean, Snoop, Martha, you name it. I'm sure we'll see some in commercials uh, at the Super Bowl coming up. Well, if you've just joined us, we're speaking with Eric Marshall, a certified professional dog trainer and one of the board of trustees of the Association of Professional uh, dog trainers. So Erica, when looking for training options, what should pet owners be looking for in terms of training techniques, depending on how or what vehicle they want to use to train their dog? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the most important thing is to look for someone who's highly qualified in positive reinforcement training. Certification is great. And there are a lot of certification um, bodies that are credentialed that are highly regarded. Um, the CPDT, the CDBC, and the KPA are ones to look for. But there are a lot of trainers that have gone through lots of education and been doing it for a long time um, that are still highly, highly um, qualified to train it. The really the important thing is to look for their methods. So if they list positive reinforcement training, they don't use any um, aversive tools, um, those are really the, the important things to look for to help you and your dog. Yeah, that was that was one of the things we experienced when uh, we were getting our our dog trained when he was first coming to our home was the uh, the the positive reinforcement methods that really seemed like it uh, it went a long way toward encouraging him to want to do the good behavior yes. rather than you know some of those negative methods that we had seen in the past. Yeah, yeah, positive reinforcement really it it bases on teaching the dog what you want them to do as opposed to what not to do. And, and when you replace behaviors that you don't like with behaviors that are beneficial for the dog or, or uh, you know, have value for the dog, then those other behaviors tend to go by the wayside. Um, there is really no dog and no behavior that needs a heavy hand. So we can teach our dogs through all kinds of humane and positive reinforcement in any behavior. Well, we need to take a commercial break. And when we come back, we will be continuing our discussion with Erica Marshall, member of the Board of Trustees of the Association of Professional Dog Trainers, talking about the benefits of dog training. Also up next is Celebrity Pet Buzz and Pet Money Matters. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Dog parents are loving Dr. Marty's Nature's Blend Premium Dog Food. The way she acts and the way she moves, it's just so much better. And she actually, she's like a puppy again. It's unbelievable. Dr. Marty's Nature's Blend is a freeze-dried raw food made with zero artificial preservatives. So it's naturally shelf-stable with no mess, freezer, or fridge required. Plus, it's full of premium turkey, beef, salmon, and meat your dog will love. We started with Nature's Blend. She's happy. She sleeps well. She's energetic. I am just delighted with this product. When given the choice, 
choice. Nature's Blend and Amazon's number one bestseller in dry dog food, 29 out of 30 dogs chose Nature's Blend first. I am so confident your dog will love it. Your order is backed with a 90-day guarantee. Save up to 54% off Nature's Blend and get a free bag of delicious beef liver treats. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. Text love to 511-511. All pets are unique. Your pet's results can and will vary. As it and data rates may apply, studies available upon request. You'd never knowingly feed your pup mystery meat or spoiled grocery store food. So why are those some of the most common protein sources in kibble today? Yep, the dog food ingredient, meat meal, can be made of spoiled supermarket meat and packing plant scraps. I'm veterinarian Dr. Marty Goldstein. Your dog needs a biologically appropriate diet similar to what they would eat in the wild. That's why I developed Nature's Blend, a freeze-dried raw food made with premium cuts of meat, omega-3 rich seeds, and superfood veggies and fruit. Bailey is 12 years old. He has been on your food for nine bags now. Nature's Blend is pantry safe and has zero artificial preservatives, additives, filler, or meat meal. He's got more energy, able to run around and play when our grandson comes. For a limited time, save 54% off Nature's Blend and receive a free pack of premium dog treats. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. I can't thank you enough. He's 12 and I'm enjoying every day with him. Message and data rates may apply. You may receive up to one additional text. Text stop to opt out. Thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz. The show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Flackman. Well, let's kick off this segment with Celebrity Pet Buzz. Who is this year's assistant referee at Puppy Bowl 2024? And now, the latest news about celebrities and their pets. It's obsession. Aren't they cute? What's the name? What's the name? Well, in the last 10 years, Puppy Bowl referee Dan Shackner and his family have fostered 40 different dogs, including small, large, senior and special need dogs, helping them all prepare for their forever homes. The Shackner family believed that eventually a dog would cross their path that would be the right fit for their family. Well, in December, while looking for a puppy to foster as his assistant referee at the Phoenix Animal Rescue Adoption Event in Pennsylvania, Shackner met whistle a puppy mill rescue dog who he thought might be a permanent family fixture within days after bringing the pup home the family agreed whistle was the one congratulations to the shackner family and whistle let's just call that touchdown well we're back with the 2024 member of the board of trustees of the association of professional dog trainers erica marshall about national dog training education month so my next question really is there are so many options for dog training Mm -hmm. there's classes of course which we traditionally know there's great books that are out there uh, and now there's a lot more online education how do you know which is right for you and your dog erica Uh, First, I would say you need to know what your learning style is. Do you do better in a one-on-one situation? Do you do better by reading? Do you enjoy a group class setting? Um, Because really, dog training is about the people, and it's about teaching the people to train their dogs. So you need to know how you learn best. And then you look at your dog's personality. Will they enjoy being in a group of dogs that could be barking and and a bit crazy? Um, Will they be okay with a trainer coming into the home? Um, so what I would say is maybe try a couple, uh, books are always a great place to start. There's some really excellent books out on the market and it's a good way to get, you know, your, um, mind moving and figuring out what it is you actually want to learn and what your dog needs to know. Um, and then a lot of really good trainers are really good at telling you whether or not 
a group class is a good place for you and your dog or not, and whether they can do private lessons or they can refer you to somebody that does. And then there are also, like you said, lots of online um, options. Some trainers do both. They do hybrid, so they do some online classes or online one-on-ones. Um, and you know, there's there's lots of options, but you have to know your dog and you have to know yourself as well. I want to interject with one comment. I think, and I, I tell people this when they buy breed books, the folks who wrote those books, and there were a lot of women who wrote those books, had experience in that particular breed. And mm-hmm. publishers at the time were looking for people who had experience in that breed. Now, if you write one successful book, people think you know every single breed. So I think it's always a really good idea if you're buying a training book, look up the dog trainer, do a DuckDuckGo or a Google or a Chrome search or whatever on that particular dog trainer, because that way you have a really good idea of who they are and what they do. Well, I remember back in the day, like I'm thinking in the nineties, the monks of new ski were like the rage back then, but they also raised um, GSGs, German uh, shepherd dogs. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, a German, you don't train a German shepherd dog the same way you train an English toy spaniel personality matters, whether you take a class or whether this person comes into your home. If you have a busy lifestyle, everybody in your house has to be on the same page. And it's a good idea to find a trainer who can relate to your kids. And in some cases, any of your household staff, that's if you're rich. We don't have household staff, but we definitely had two daughters that we really wanted to make sure that we integrated into training. And Mm -hmm. we were very pleased with the way that that worked out. You had a question. Yeah. um, So you know, a lot of people start off with the best of intentions. They uh, they get off on the right paw, so to speak, by training their young dogs or or new puppies that they've brought into their homes. But just like with humans, it's it's not something that you can do once and just just be done with it. It requires that reinforcement. So so why is it a good idea to continue to work with your adolescent and older dogs? And and what recommendations do you have? Yeah, well, adolescents are a bit crazy. Um, even if you've been training your puppy, you know, your, your dog since they were puppies, when adolescence hits, sometimes it's like they've never heard you speak to them before. Mm-hmm. So the brains are still developing. Maturity doesn't hit until two to three years old, depending on the breed. And so you work, continuing to work with your dog helps reinforce the, the tools that you've um, put in place when they were younger. And it works their brain. Um, mm-hmm. Adolescents' brains are just going a mile a minute. Their bodies are going a mile a minute. So the more you can actually get them to think and maybe slow down a little bit, it can help them. Um, it exercises them just as much as physical activity. So it's really, really important. Um, and with the older dogs, it's important because it keeps their their mind fresh and young and it keeps them from having that cognitive, cognitive decline. Um, so it's really important for mental stimulation, which is just as sometimes even more important than physical exercise. You know, one of the buzzwords that we always hear is doggy mm-hmm. stress. Studies have revealed that 75% of dogs have stress. So how can dog training help with that? So stress in dogs really comes from um, uncertainty, uncertainty in new environments and in new situations. And training your dog gives them something um, familiar and comforting and things that they know they can do that will get a, a predicted result. So making sure that your dog understands one, you know, if you look at me, you get lots of really good stuff. And if you start working with that in other environments and other situations, your dog understands, okay, this is a new place. I've never been here before, but I know that if I look at my owner, something good happens. Dogs love predictability. So the more training your dog has, and the more you make it, um, 
novel in novel places, so new places, new environments, new new situations, the more comfortable your dog is and the less stress they feel. Um, predictability is just really the big thing. And that's what training can do for your dog. Uh, Erica, thanks so much for joining us today. If we need more information, can you supply us with a website? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, my website is wickedgooddogtraining.com, um, but there are lots of really good resources on the APDT website. So there's resources for pet owners, as well as a really great trainer search that has uh, vetted trainers that are positive reinforcement only, and you can find them easily in your area. Just to remind you, we're speaking with dog trainer and APDT board member, Erica Marshall. She reminds us that dog training education serves as a reminder of the vital role training plays in the lives of dogs and their owners. By focusing on positive reinforcement and consistent training practices, owners can ensure a well-behaved, happy, and harmonious relationship with their canine pets. Grooming at home can save you some money. And why wouldn't you want to save some pet money? Pet Money Matters with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. Because grooming services can cost a pretty penny, get your pet used to at-home grooming. Research to buy the proper products to bathe, brush, and dry your pet's coat monthly. Ask your vet to show you how to brush your dog's teeth, clean their ears, and clip your pooch's nails. Don't forget, even ask for recommendations for the correct tools. Save a bunch of money each month by DIYing it. You can even save close to $1,000 a year by grooming your dog at home. Cha-ching! I just help keep more money in your pocket. Up next, bet you can't wait for my I Likey of the Week. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud sponsor of the Pet Buzz. Dog parents are loving Dr. Marty's Nature's Blend Premium Dog Food. The way she acts and the way she moves, it's just so much better. And she actually, she's like a puppy again. It's unbelievable. Dr. Marty's Nature's Blend is a freeze-dried raw food made with zero artificial preservatives. So it's naturally shelf-stable with no mess, freezer, or fridge required. Plus, it's full of premium turkey, beef, salmon, and meat your dog will love. We started with Nature's Blend. She's happy. She sleeps well. She's energetic. I am just delighted with this product. When given the choice, Nature's Blend and Amazon number one bestseller in dry dog food, 29 out of 30 dogs chose Nature's Blend first. I am so confident your dog will love it. Your order is backed with a 90-day guarantee. Save up to 54% off Nature's Blend and get a free bag of delicious beef liver treats. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. Text love to 511-511. All pets are unique. Your pet's results can and will vary. Message and data rates may apply. Studies available upon request. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio, where we focus on enhancing the bond between pets and their people. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. Let's kick off this segment with the I Likey of the Week. This Valentine's Day, treat your dog or cat to a calming resting spot. It's genius. I like it so much. I like it. It's to die for. 
Turn any pet bed into a soothing resting spot. Help soothe and calm new puppies, kittens, adults, or senior dogs and cats with the melodic vibration of a mother's heartbeat. This ingenious design of the mother's heartbeat, puppy and kitten pillow, create the soothing feel and sound of a maternal heartbeat. The pillow comes in three different heartbeats per minute based on breed sizes, plus one for kittens too. Included with each pillow is a heartbeat device. Heartbeat devices install into the pillow zipper pockets. Devices based on the estimated heartbeats of the breed of the parent and the puppy and kitten. Small breeds up to 20 pounds, medium breeds up to 80 pounds, large breeds over 80 pounds. For kittens, one size fits all. And this device comes with a year limited warranty. Check it out, $29.99 at Target.com. Plus, more Valentine's gifts on our social media channels. Mail call. Charlotte, Allison wrote from Charleston, South Carolina, that her new rescue dog eats poop. She wants to know what she can do to stop this inappropriate feeding on feces. You've got mail. Allison, thanks so much for writing. Well, eating stool is called capnocyphagia, and a study revealed that this is the most frustrating behavioral problem that dog owners deal with. There's a lot of theories out there about why dogs seem to eat these type of disgusting feasts, including parasites, nutritional deficiencies, malabsorption syndromes, and also illnesses such as diabetes, Cushing's thyroid, and other conditions that might cause an increase in appetite, as well as drugs such as steroids. You definitely want to consult your vet to rule out any of these health problems, but also environmental stress and behavioral problems such as isolation, restrictive confinement, anxiety, attention-seeking, and inappropriate association with food can cause this problem. But let's focus on your training your dog not to eat poop. It's always a good idea to have a firm feeding, watering, and housebreaking schedule. When you take your dog outside, pick up his or her stool as soon as he or she defecates. If your dog shows interest in his stool or another dog's stool, tell him no firmly and redirect his interest into something else, like maybe a toy that you have in your pocket. As he or she grows up, make sure that your yard stays free of stool. Additionally, be careful when you walk your dog so that he doesn't access any stool to eat. And there are products out there like Forbid, Vet Classic Stop Eating Stool, Vet Worthy Stop Stool Ingestion Chew Tabs, as well as other products that make stool taste foul. Good luck and let us know how you do. And hopefully, hopefully your pooch will stop eating stool. Well, it seems as if our next guest is on the phone. You love your dog and you want them to be as healthy as possible. A healthy heart supports a long and healthy life. There are many ways to support heart health for canines, and our next guest is going to discuss them. Veterinarian Dr. Henry Green, an associate professor of cardiology at Louisiana State University School of Veterinary Medicine. Welcome to the Pet Buzz, Dr. Green. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Mike, and it's a pleasure meeting you guys. Well, you know, I'm going to go ahead and start by asking the first question. Generally, Dr. Green, what do we need to know about our dog's heart? And do they function similarly to human hearts? So, yes, um, there's a number of things that can that can uh, happen with uh, your pet's heart. And they do function very similar to human hearts. There's uh, four chambers. There's valves that separate the chambers out that um, um, uh, supply uh, blood to the rest of the body. 
And so they function very similar to human hearts and um, they can have diseases very similar to human diseases. When, uh, when we bring our dogs in for a yearly pet exam, what can we expect from a dog's veterinarian in terms of uh, what they're going to talk to us about or what they're going to look at for our dog's heart exams? What do we need to know? So depending on age, um, if you have uh, a young puppy, mm-hmm. um, your veterinarian will listen to your, your puppy's heart to make sure that there's no abnormal heart sounds. Um, and if there are, they may suggest to you um, some further exams. So they'll they'll listen for normal heart sounds. If there are abnormal sounds, that may suggest that there is some disease present um, in the heart that was there at birth. Um, but yearly, as you go in, um, as the animal gets older, if there's nothing wrong as they get older, there are, th- there are a couple of things that your veterinarian will do. They'll probably suggest doing something called a heartworm test, um, especially if you're down south. Um, that is a very common thing that happens that is transmitted to dogs via mosquitoes um, and can be prevented, obviously, if with mm. proper medications. But they will also listen to your dog's heart and feel their pulses uh, to make sure that the heart is beating normally. Again, that there's no abnormal heart sounds that would suggest that they're getting what we call acquired diseases, diseases as they get older up in age. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with veterinarian Dr. Henry Green, an associate professor of cardiology at Louisiana State University School of Veterinary Medicine. We all know LSU about maintaining healthy hearts for our dogs. Well, we know that certain breeds like Cavalier, King Charles Spaniels, Boxers, Golden Retrievers, Mini Poodles, Mini Schnauzers, and Dachshunds are breeds associated with heart disease. At what age do we see our first signs and what symptoms should we look out for? Okay, so some of these breeds can get what we call congenital heart diseases, birth, well, essentially birth defects in the heart where the heart's not formed correctly. So at your first visit, your first doctor visit, the veterinarian should listen to the heart. Um, most of these can be detected on the physical exam. And we stress that to our students here is really doing a thorough physical exam, especially of the heart and the cardiovascular system, because a lot of those diseases that they're detected early can be either ameliorated um, are fixed in some cases, and some of these smaller breeds can get diseases very early on. Um, some of the breeds you mentioned can get diseased as they get older. So like the Cavalier King Charles, they have a defect in the valve system within the heart, the system that allows essentially in the doors into the heart and the doors out of the heart. Well, those valves can degenerate over time. And so your veterinarian when they listen to the heart, they'll hear an, an, an abnormal heart sound called a heart murmur. And that murmur uh, can be, depending on where it is and the timing of that murmur, can really give a clue as to what the defect is that's occurring in the heart and can start um, you down a pathway of getting that diagnosed completely. Some cases it may re- require referral to a specialist like a, a cardiologist in your local area, or in some cases they have to travel to get some uh, surgeries potentially done that can uh, fix some of these defects that they find. Oh, that's that's so important, Dr. Green. If if we do have one of these breeds, uh, is DNA testing an option? Are there there other tests and steps that owners can take beyond those basic exams to to potentially prevent or identify and prepare for heart disease? So, for if you have uh, breeds that tend to develop heart disease, it's really important um, um, as um, to have those animals screened. Um, in some cases, screened yearly um, for those things. There are some breed uh, associated breed diseases associated uh, with specific genetic defects. Um, there's um, um, certain breeds uh, they've identified some 
uh, abnormalities in the DNA that are associated with developing disease. Um, I always suggest my owners to visit um, the NC State uh, Veterinary Cardiology Genetics website. Um, they have they do the most extensive uh, genetic testing. Now it's limited at this point in time. It's not uh, seen in all breeds. The cat there's none for cabbies right now. There's some for mm -hmm. Dobermans. Uh, for Newfies, for Newfoundland, they get something called subarachidosis. There's a def, uh, breeding um, uh, testing for those for those breeds, um, but there's uh, and I think there's two or three others that will that they have genetic markers for uh, to suggest that they might develop those diseases. It's not always 100% uh, true that if you have an abnormal DNA finding that they will actually develop disease. Um, so it's it just depends on how deep that 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 abnormality penetrates the DNA. Well, we need to take a commercial break and return with Dr. Henry Green from LSU discussing how obesity plays a role in heart health. You are listening to the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Here at the Pet Buzz, we are urban, suburban, and country. We're back from our commercial break and continuing our discussion with veterinarian Dr. Henry Green, an associate professor of cardiology at Louisiana State University School of Veterinary Medicine. Well, obesity is a major factor for heart disease in humans. And should we assume it's the same for so many American pets who are overweight? If we do talk about weight loss plan with our veterinarian, what can we expect in terms of exercise and diet? I think a lot of times, you know, we also fail to talk about what the pet owner role in these programs are when you're dealing with a, a sick animal. Uh, just like in, um, in, in, uh, in humans, exercise is a big part of an animal's health. It's very important that they maintain um, an exercise regimen where they're getting out and getting exercise daily. And this is extremely important in some breeds that it actually, they really have to exercise. Obesity can play a role in our patient's heart um, function. Um, obviously, um, it can cause increased strain on the heart, increased work on the heart um, in some cases. Now, we don't see the same defects or the same issue in the, in the case of pets. Um, most animals don't get uh, what we call atherosclerosis or uh, have heart attacks. But the increased weight can increase uh, the pressure on the heart's ability to work. It can uh, make the, um, the, what we call it, the thoracic cavity, the, the chest wall, a little bit harder for that animal to breathe. And it can cause fat to be deposited around the heart, which can cause um, increased clinical signs like coughing and those types of things as the heart tries to grow in a case where they have heart disease. Um, those, those things don't help out now patients, especially if they have already issues with, with, um, with their airways. And so it can make the animal cough a lot more and have specific issues. And it can also lead to other 
um, issues with that patient as far as this, uh, the, the, the circulatory system and the whole body function as a whole. So it's really important that you keep your animal and what we term a healthy body condition score, uh, which is something else your veterinarian will assess on a, on a, on a every visit basis. And they will give you some good plans as far as whether your animal is getting too much, too much uh, caloric intake or not. And the other component is, you know, feeding off our animals, the foods that we eat, it's not really good for them. So it's really good that they have a really balanced diet. Um, and most, uh, most uh, 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 diets that are out there um, are usually complete for your, your, your animal. And are some diets them. better than others? I mean, like, is a salmon diet a better diet for a canine heart patient? Um, most of the proteins in the diets, what I what I always suggest is that our 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 patients just get a nice balanced diet, not necessarily needing the what we call the boutique diets and things like that. So um, I usually suggest that they stick with kind of the central major brand companies that usually do have a nutritionist. Um, helping develop these plans. And some proteins um, are, are more important as far as allergies are concerned not, and not necessarily uh, heart. Uh, one of the things that we do suggest if an animal is in a what we call a stage of, of heart disease or developing heart failure is that they watch the salt intake in that animal. Mm -hmm. And there are some diets that may have a, a lower salt uh, content, but also making sure that they have a, a good high quality protein in that diet and also maybe some omega-3 fatty acid type uh, um, additions into that diet. Well, that, that, that actually kind of brings up the, the question of supplements. I know they're all the rage these days. Uh, are there supplements out there that can help to make a difference in, in heart health? Well, the unfortunate reality is that there there's been a, a long history of suggestions of, of supplements, and unfortunate reality is the the, the true research hasn't hasn't uh, suggested that these supplements will prevent heart disease to some extent. Now there are some such as taurine, um, where there's a deficiency in some of these animals' diets, where we might suggest as a cardiologist to help as a supplement. I mentioned the omega three fatty acids that. Mm -hmm are now usually uh, present in most cardiac diets. There are some cardiac specific diets that are out there also um, that have that balance in there already. So um, the unfortunate reality is the research hasn't met to suggest that any one supplement is gonna work um, mm. for these patients as far as preventing heart disease. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Green. Uh, can you give us a website where we can learn more about canine heart health? Um, my suggestion is there's a there's a, a website called Veterinary Partners VIN V I N Veterinary Information Network that they have some nice supplements um, that um, you can find that owners don't necessarily have to be a member of that they can find some more information. It's usually complete, and most of the articles are written by cardiologists that are on there. Um, if you um, go to most universities. Um, that have a cardiologist, they all have a website also that will, that can give you information um, to, to help with animal or heart health. Great. Thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure having you, Dr. Green. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure meeting you guys and uh, uh, go Tigers. No tigers. Well, just to remind you, that was veterinary Dr. Henry Green, an associate professor of cardiology at Louisiana State University School of Veterinary Medicine, um, discussing canine heart health. So if you have a breed and you're worried or you are 
thinking about buying a Doberman puppy or a Boxer puppy or a Golden Retriever puppy, make sure that breeder has done some testing and actually don't wait. Get your new pooch or rescue pooch to a veterinarian ASAP just to make sure there will be no heart health issues. Well, this is not the first Amazon driver and dog tail. And now, Pet Buzz News from around the globe. A family in Alabama says an Amazon delivery driver shot their dog last weekend. The Kirk family's dogs, Solar and Luna, were lying in chairs on the porch of their home when an Amazon driver got out of the van, walked onto the porch, and shot their dog, Solar. A Kirk family representative said that the driver noticed the dogs, but instead of backing off, he didn't back off. Additionally, she said she never ordered a package and the driver had no reason to be on her property. The bullet entered Solar's shoulder and exited through his chest. Solar has survived the shooting, but was left with internal bleeding and will need surgeries costing thousands and thousands of dollars. In the meantime, the family set up a GoFundMe page seeking donations to cover the cost of Solar's veterinary expenses. Also, the other dog, Lunar, is in extreme distress, crying and shaking in terror. In a statement to the station, that's the police station, an Amazon spokesperson said it is against the company's policy for drivers to carry weapons. As a result, the driver is no longer delivering package for Amazon. This investigation is ongoing and we will keep up with it so you know what happens. So what do you do when you win the lottery? And that's like your attention, please. News of the day got you down? No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with Tell Me Something Good. This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something good. A Massachusetts man, Paul Riley, recently won a $4 million scratch-off game. When he came to pick up his winnings, he bought his dog Raven to claim his prize money at lottery headquarters. Well, with his loot, Riley plans to buy a new car for his wife and to donate part of his winnings to the Animal Rescue League to help animals in need. Well, I got to tell you, that's something good. Well, hey, Mike, did you hear the bells? I heard them. You know what that means. It's time to wrap the show, baby. But before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. So next week, we're talking about the benefits of taking your fabulous feline family member to a cat-friendly veterinary practice, as well as the Veterinary Oral Health Council and how it awards its seal for canine and feline pet dental care products. Mike, would you be so kind as to thank our guests? Special thanks to our guests, Erica Marshall and Dr. Henry Green. And of course, Mike, I have to thank you for not only being one of the Pet Buzz Advisory Board members, but also for being my co-host today. So thank you very much. Much love. My, my pleasure. And also, we must thank our sponsors, EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. And Dr. Marty's Nature's Blend, biologically balanced nutrition, improving pet health seven days a week for 52 weeks of the year. If you have a question, write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. We'll cover it on next week's show. 
And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channel and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning. And most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you to take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. www.thepetbuzz.com Learn more about us, the show, and our guests. You've never knowingly feed your dog sawdust, but it's one of the most common fillers found in dog food today. Even the ones labeled healthy can contain powdered cellulose, otherwise known as wood pulp. I'm veterinarian Dr. Marty Goldstein. Your dog needs a biologically appropriate diet. That's why I developed Nature's Blend. She developed an aggressive cancer. She was put on pain meds just to help cope. She was limping through life and got very, very dopey from the pain medication. Nature's Blend is made in North America and is pantry safe. Not only did it pique her interest in wanting to eat again, but it started to give her some energy. After she eats, she gets very playful, has a lot of puppy moments, and she'll be 14 this summer. For a limited time, save 54% off Nature's Blend and receive a free pack of premium dog treats. Go to drmartypets.com slash love or text love to 511-511. I guarantee it with a 100% 90-day return of your purchase price. Message and data rates may apply. You may receive up to one additional text. Text stop to opt out.